What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and this is the 100th episode of the Keto Savage Podcast. And with that said, rather than bringing on a guest, I decided to bring on my girl, Crystal Love. And she is going to ask a bunch of questions that y'all submitted uh, via YouTube and via Instagram. So we're just going to kind of go down the list here. This is going to be a very informal. Uh, we have a ton of questions. We have like seven pages of questions. So we're going to put this on the podcast. We're going to put this on YouTube. Um, so yeah, let's just kick back and get started here. First of all, if you don't know Crystal Love, she's awesome. You want to do a quick little introduction of yourself? I'm Crystal Love. <laughs> I've been on the podcast twice already, so you guys, if you have not listened to those yet, you should do that. Um, and then also, oh gosh, I don't know. I've been keto for two and a half years. I just won my first figure bodybuilding competition, and yeah, so that's just a little bit about me. I'm Robert's fiance, and can't wait to marry this guy. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> All right, let's just dive into the questions here. Okay. So this is a good one to start with. Uh, what are your guys' 5, 10, and 20-year goals? Whoa, long-term here. Um, five years, is this like dual or is this just for me? Just for us? Uh, it said your guys's. Your guys. Guys and gals. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, from like a relationship perspective, we're going to get married in April. I think that was mm-hmm. a question there somewhere, too. We're going to get married April 28th. Mm-hmm. which is a year from when she did her first competition where I proposed on stage. Mm-hmm. So April and 28th, 2019. Yep, yep. So that'll be kind of like shorter-term goal. Um, in the five years that we have, you know, after that, we're going to just focus on building the business, building the brand, putting out as much content as we can. Um, we would like Keto Brick to become fairly streamlined mm-hmm. and not demand us to be like in the kitchen per se, but kind of focusing more on the upper level management and bringing on people to help with the day-to-day production. Um, we hope to have a whole bunch of different business outlets, like yeah. a clothing line, um, you know, like just conferences. Um, I'd love to, you know, focus more on the competition prep specifically. Um, but yeah, and I mean, eventually we want to have kids mm-hmm. and we'll just totally use those kids as a, a tool to grow no. the business. <laughs> a strategic Definitely business not. move. Um, I like what Danny and Maura have with the fat-fueled <laughs> family. That's a good good thing going on there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, eventually make a family. Um, we want to get into real estate, so buying, like, you know, multifamily homes, buy and hold, uh, rental income, um, and then eventually buy a property out in the woods and grow all of our own vegetables, kill all of our own meats, and raise our children to be self-sufficient. Yeah. Have little pigs, right? Yes. Yeah, Crystal wants little pigs. Um, so, yeah. Anything right. to add to that? Is that pretty much it in a nutshell? No, yeah, I feel like that's good. We don't have specific, like, 5, 10, 20-year plans. I think it's more just like, you know, we are, we're going to continue growing in every aspect. And, um, you know, as far as family kind of goes, I'd say that's between, like, the 5 and 10-year gap. Um, and, yeah, so I think that that's just going to continue to grow naturally, and the business is going to grow naturally. You can't really force those things, but. Gotcha. Um, so the next one was, when is the wedding? We already went over that. Um, when do you plan on having children? We kind of went over that, too. Um, 
Definitely after five years, but before 10 years is up, I'd say. Yeah, see, one of the benefits of being a male is my biological time clock ain't ticking as fast as Crystal's, so <laughs> I got to kind of play by that time frame. Yep, yep, but. that's right. Um, okay. Okay, so this is a good follow-up question to that. If and when you have kids, are you planning to raise them keto? Yes, 100%. I think we'll probably be a little bit more lenient to the sense of, you know, if they have, like, I'm not going to be tracking their macros, you know, like, right. you have to be under 10 grams of total carbs, you know, <laughs> but... Um, and kids can afford to have a little bit more, uh, yeah. more carbs and just, I don't know, yeah, but we definitely will. We will definitely have them for sure low carb, for sure keto, but um, we will definitely be more lenient with them, not not making them have strict macros. I don't want to screw up their taste buds and have them become a sugar addicted mm-hmm. on the front end, you know, like I would rather just avoid that entirely. And if that means they have to, you know, sacrifice some of the, you know, birthday cakes, pastries and, you know, toaster strudels, then that's just is how it is. Mm-hmm. I just have to figure out, we have to figure out how to make being healthy a positive in their life as opposed mm-hmm. to some kind of, you know, sacrifice. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is living it rather than just telling them, but you're actually living it day to day too. I think that's a big, big thing. 100%. If someone is deciding to sign up for coaching with you guys, how do you and Crystal differ? Uh, What are the differences on your coaching styles and what are your individual focuses? Uh, So I coach Crystal, so a lot of her coaching hinges from that, and then she has her own flair with regards to – she's better at talking to people like in a comforting – way whereas mm-hmm. I'm kind of more of like a competitor mindset of you know this is what you need to do to win and succeed so just do it <laughs> yeah Robert is like hardcore this is what you need to do and if you don't follow what I'm gonna tell you to do then you're going to fail <laughs> you know and for me it's like I'm not that bad though like I've got like some old I grandma know, clients and I I'm very know. comforting you know <laughs> but at the same time I feel like I get a lot more of the clients who have had issues with eating, uh, you know, eating disorders or just having like a a lot of like extra stressors in life. And a lot of my clients would prefer to have like a weekly call where we can actually talk about their life as well as, you know, their nutrition as well. Because I don't know, it it all plays a role in in how your body's going to react. So yeah, for sure. And they asked um, off of that question is how does DSK play into this as well and we both use the same protocol yeah so like keto savage is a brand it was a brand before uh deeper state keto deeper state keto i think kind of is targeted towards the general population whereas keto savage branding and kind of like what i'm doing there is targeted more towards like the you know upper level athletes um so yeah it's kind of how i would describe the difference there um, the next question would be, on your macro calculator online, what do you consider an average activity level? 1.5 and extra activity being point or 2.0? Uh, they actually went into detail about you know their exercise and, and such, but what would you kind of consider being low and then high? So we train five to six days a week. Um, we don't do a whole lot of cardio, but we resistance train for an hour to an hour and a half, you know, five to six days a week. I consider that style of training like what we're doing currently like a 1.8 when i'm in a contest prep that's when i bump it up because i'm doing like Mm -hmm. lots of cardio very very intense training so i scale it up there the average person that's going you know three times four times a week i put that kind of like at the medium level 
Um, I'm basing it off of what you're training. Like if you don't train at all, then you're definitely going to be, you know, on the lower end of that as opposed to the average mm-hmm. end of them. All right. You two have such different personality types, it appears, but it seems to be a very good match. Just wondering if you'd, you've ever taken the Myers-Briggs test and if you uh, knew what your personality type was. I think I have. I have in the past. I don't past. remember, though. Yeah, I don't remember what mine is either, but we should do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, we should do that for sure. We'll, yeah. we'll put a star by that question. Yeah, there you go. We'll follow up with that one. Uh, okay, so next question is, what type of coaching do you both offer? So I offer uh, training plans and nutrition coaching as well as a hour consultation. And my training and my nutrition are both a month long. Yeah, my, my coaching is also a month long. Um, I don't want really to do the consultation calls per se, but like both of ours are 200 bucks a month um, and people can renew for as many months as they like. And it's all based off a strict ketogenic high fat ratio protocol because uh, that's what we found works the best for us and for our clients. Um, so yeah, we do we do recommend and emphasize putting a lot of emphasis on you know tracking macros and being mm-hmm. very strict. You know, if you're gonna try and dial things in for a very short amount of time, it's, it's best to get as much data and be as very rigorous as possible with it. Mm-hmm. So. All right, my question is how low can calories go before doing damage to your metabolism? So I see, it's kind of like horrendous, honestly. I see a whole bunch of yes. coaches actually, you know, taking their clients way, way, way too low. And that's going to do long-term damage to them, you know, hormonally and metabolically. I have like a pretty strict caloric floor of 1,300 calories. And that's for like a small female. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't like to take clients below that. If I'm working with somebody, they're in a contest prep, and I've worked with them for months, and I am very tuned in with how their body's responding, I may take them as low as 1,200, but that is, like, definitely redlining it and not recommended. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, if you have a large amount of weight to lose, 75 pounds plus, uh, how do you figure out how many calories, et cetera, I should eat? Uh, So, a lot of it's trial and error, honestly, like, figure there's no that's the thing about macro calculators like so many people want to go online plug in their stats to a macro calculator and just stick with those those numbers as the word of god you know like Mm -hmm. you've got to kind of see how your body responds we're all such individual you know people and creatures like it's going to be different for everybody but you know if somebody's first thing i recommend is tracking your macros to see where you're at currently as a baseline and then don't differ too much from that caloric intake initially just kind of swap around the ratios to be at a higher fat ratio with your current your current caloric intake and see how you respond to that and then scale up or scale down based off of what your goals are Mm -hmm. this person asked about info on uh, enough protein how to stay in ketosis or if it is needed Um, i've seen my ketones really drop while trying to get enough protein in yeah so what is enough protein that's a that's a question that it's pretty hot in the keto space right now. Everybody's got a different idea of what is necessary, what's needed, you know, what is too much. Um, the way my protocol works and the way my, my course works and my coaching works is since everybody's an individual, kind of following up on the last question, everybody's going to have a different protein threshold. So we start with like an 80% fat ratio and then we titrate protein up and fat down until we find the point at which, you know, that many grams of protein at that ratio lends itself to some adverse effects, which could take the form of, you know, bloating, uh, 
you know, more more wearisome, more lethargic in the morning upon waking, mm-hmm. and we kind of figure out and titrate protein down once we reach that threshold. So, you know, find what that is for you, and then that's a pretty good indicator of what your protein threshold is. There was a couple of people who actually asked um, how many grams per pound of body weight or lean body mass, and that's going to be our answer to those questions as well. Yeah, and it really depends on your goal. Like, if you're if your goal is to lose body fat, you can, you know, manipulate protein as a variable. And ketones are incredibly muscle sparing, so you can titrate protein down without really worrying about losing muscle. I mean, your goal is not really to be building muscle per se when your primary goal is losing body fat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the muscle sparing effect of ketones is going to limit any muscle loss or wasting. Okay. Could you talk about the pros and cons of bulk then cut approach versus doing a simultaneous bulk cut? Yeah, so for me as a bodybuilder, I'm kind of an extremist and I would rather, you know, get to my goal in the most efficient, effective way possible as quickly as possible. And for that reason, I have kind of like a bulking season or a cutting season. Granted, that bulking season is not like extreme like it was in the past when I was eating carbs and I'd balloon up to 30% body fat. That's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, But having a designated goal, a primary goal of either building muscle or losing fat is going to be better than just trying to do both simultaneously because you're then kind of like in the state of purgatory and limbo. You could build muscle and stay lean at the same time, but if you want to like reach that goal sooner, it's better to cycle one than the other and kind of give your body that diversity. Mm -hmm. So this one is actually, I almost didn't ask it, but it it asked if you had your cholesterol numbers. And I know that Robert just had his uh, numbers taken this last week and has not gotten the results back from that. Um, But I will go ahead and lead into it. Uh, They were talking about how uh, Dave Feldman was doing a uh, uh, kind of a test between uh, high LDL and high uh, HDL cardio versus... um, versus weight training, resistance training. So they kind of were wondering where you were at in, you know, as as it pertained to that. But I feel like that's something that you should like maybe touch on when you get your numbers back. Because they said that they thought you'd be like a perfect person to kind of go off of. Yeah, I haven't seen that test um, from Dave Feldman, but I'll mm-hmm. check that out for sure. I'm curious to see how the, the different training styles impacts the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my cholesterol has all improved though since keto, that's for sure. My triglycerides have dropped tremendously. Um, HDL is good, LDL is good, and LDL, like, there's there's so much research that illustrates that, you know, just looking at a total cholesterol panel is not indicative to your health, so, you know, bearing that in mind, and, and if you have questions and concerns, talking with a doctor that is, you know, knowledgeable about keto and kind of up-to-date on the current research is going to be key, um, because, you know, if they're not, it's going to just look really bad, and mm-hmm. they'll put you on a statin, which is not necessarily needed. Right. Uh, next would be, do you focus on certain balances of saturated, mono, uh, polysaturated fats, uh, or do you just eat whatever you can to get your fats in without worrying about what kind it's coming from? Yeah, so all fats are important. I mean, even some of the polyunsaturated fats. Like, you want to have a good ratio between your your polyunsaturated omega-3 and your polyunsaturated omega-6. Um, if the omega-6 is in surplus, which mm-hmm. is often the case if you're eating a lot of processed foods, um, then that can lead to inflammation and other adverse effects. So making sure you've got a good quality omega-3 within your polyunsaturated fats, and then also making sure you've got good monounsaturated fats, like from olive oil and, you know, stuff of that nature is going to be good. A lot of people, 
you know, keto obviously is, is high in saturated fats, generally speaking, and saturated fats have kind of been demonized, but that's not necessarily, I mean, the, enough research has illustrated that it's not a bad thing. Um, but I do recommend having a diverse array of fats. You don't want to be just so one-sided in the sat. Why are you smiling at me? <laughs> <laughs> you're cute. <laughs> so one-sided in the saturated fats that you're not getting the, the mono and the poly and saturated fats that your body needs as well. Awesome. Uh, just wondering what happened to your dog, Luke? Is he back with your parents? Oh, okay. I'll answer this one. Yeah, answer this one. So we had Luke for two weeks. Uh, his parents were trying to get Luke a little bit uh, familiarized with just different, you know, different living situations. So his parents raised um, English setters. And we took Luke home with us for about two weeks. I loved him. We fell in love with him. Um, and then for Christmas, his parents actually offered to give him to us uh, as a gift. And as much as we really, really wanted him, uh, unfortunately, we just we don't have the land for you know a dog like that. And it would be unfair to him to have kept him. So they actually went ahead and sold him with the other puppies. So yeah, yeah, we miss Luke though. Yeah, we love Luke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. I've noticed uh, since you did the podcast in relation to time management, you seem to have tried almost uh, to have almost a schedule. How easy or difficult has it been to uh, start, keep up, and actually do? Um, so it's it's I don't know. I'm terrible about that. Like mm-hmm. the whole Keto Savage six by six vlog series that I'm doing now is trying to put an emphasis on you know scheduling and prioritizing and you know, finding time for me. And that's always the one that sacrifices like time for us and time for me. <laughs> like th- yeah. those things don't exist. Yeah. Um, what is that? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> so like from a technical standpoint, scheduling, I use Google calendar mm-hmm. and I would be totally lost without Google calendar. Like I have everything in there. It's all scheduled. It's all just organized. But as far as, you know, making time for me and putting that in a schedule, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible about that. So that, that has been something <laughs> that I've failed miserably on um owning your own business there's always something else to do and i don't ever turn it off really yeah something always pops up something goes wrong something always happens uh what are the plans for the new keto savage products hats t-shirts etc so the next thing so first first of all we want to refine and streamline the keto brick process we want to mm-hmm. introduce new flavors um there eventually and, and kind of you know expand that product line um, but once that is pretty streamlined and efficient, we would like to, you know, get into apparel and gear. Um, so much so to the point that I'm looking at different screen printing presses, bringing those and we've got the space now so mm-hmm. we can set up like a screen printing operation, have, you know, I want really good quality stuff and I don't want it to look like something where you go to, you know, Inkjoy or Teespring and just you know, plug in a random logo mm-hmm. and some text. Like I want it to be really high quality custom, you know, custom built stuff with like our own artwork mm-hmm. that we pretty much make in house and and screen print in house. So I, everything that we've learned from Keto Brick about keeping it in house and building up that, you know, foundation, I want to, you know, transcend and apply to the apparel. Mm-hmm. Topic of binge eating and keto thoughts, experiences, and strategies. That's a whole podcast in itself, right there. Yes. Um, I had really bad eating disorders and binge eating after my third competition, 
before I'd followed a ketogenic diet, and I found that keto was the best thing for me. It like worked with me, you know, chemically, psychologically, emotionally, um, hormonally. It just I didn't have near the cravings that I used to. It was much more. I was much more in tune with my body, and I could recognize when I was actually hungry versus when I was actually full. And I had never had that before when I was eating carbs. So that was a huge step in the right direction. And then, you know, binge eating itself is, is so much more psychological than it is physical. Mm-hmm. And every time I do a contest prep and I'm at such a deficit and depleted for such a long period of time, it's easy to fixate and develop those eating disorders. Um, but really recognizing that it's all in your head and separating yourself from the food and realizing that life does not revolve around food. Food is a means to an end. It's a fuel source for the body to you know, go through a day-to-day task. So recognizing that, being okay with it for what it is, and focusing on what truly does matter, I think is absolutely key. You know, The relationships in your life, the, the day-to-day tasks more so than the food on your plate. Can I say something about that? For sure. I definitely had an issue with binge eating after my competition, and I was keto. And I feel like a lot of people have kind of said that keto's kind of cured it for them. And for me, it was a different story. But like Robert said, it is psychological. It is. It can be a hormone imbalance. There was just, I think I was three, four months after my competition, and it was like, boom, all of a sudden, my hunger hormone came back. Or my, you know, like I, I finally could feel full again. Um, But for months after my prep, I could not feel that fullness. So a lot of it is in your in your head and you just have to move forward um, and and think about other things and think about the importance of life in other uh, factors. Um, But it it also can be a, a role of your hormones as well. So make sure that those are regulated and make sure that you're eating enough. If you're doing a prep, if you're doing something like that, then realize that that is going to be a process, but if you're not doing a prep, if you're not cutting, if you're not doing something for a specific goal, make sure that you're eating enough on a day-to-day basis to, that you're you're not feeling the need to binge. And that's um, one of the huge benefits of cycling through a building phase and a mm-hmm. cutting phase. Like, and it makes you appreciate when your food is at surplus or when your food is at a deficit and mm-hmm. gives you reason and meaning behind why you're in that stage in the first mm-hmm. place. So that is that is key. Yeah, and I definitely have to say that during my prep, I definitely went to an extreme. So I would say on like an everyday average cut, you wouldn't necessarily get those feelings as much, but it was an extreme uh, cut that I did. So um, so next is actually kind of a long one. My question is, being that you are both following different macros and goals, uh, much higher for fat and calories for Robert, does it get hard or difficult to coordinate meals to have together? Honestly, we've been so busy with the business lately that we're lucky if we ever even eat together. And that's terrible, and we <laughs> yeah. don't like that at all. Um, but it's like, okay, we have five minutes. Let's heat up our food and gobble it mm-hmm. up real quick. Um, so it's kind of like a, just a free-for-all, fend-for-yourself yeah. kind of deal right now. Um, but if he's, like, grilling something, he's like, hey, you got me to stick something on the grill for you. You know, yeah. it's very easy. We We both eat very similar foods, but then there's times where I will eat I'll eat a salad, you know, every day, and Robert will not. So we kind of just make whatever we're making and then ask the other if they would like some as well, you know. Our bonding time is like when we get our coffee because that's the same. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and then also, uh, someone said that you mentioned in a couple of your videos that, oh, this might bother me later. I think they're uh, talking about in resemblance to the MCT oil. Um, someone else actually asked that. They said, would you please do a follow-up on, you say, oh, this might bother me later. Oh, I might have an upset stomach later after like having one of those fatty shakes, something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, so you never did a follow-up video. How did the bathroom go? How did, <laughs> how Honestly, did it all go? I mean, it's, it was kind of crazy because that shake that I made was 2,000 calories. And I've been using that a lot throughout this 6,000 calorie, you know, vlog thing uh, to get my calories in. And of those 6,000 calories, there was like six tablespoons worth of oils, whether it be MCT oil or coconut oil um, or some kind of, you know, monounsaturated oil blend. And... I don't know, like I honestly didn't have any stomach mm -hmm. upset the next day, no digestive issues whatsoever. Um, I think probably because I have just so much food in my system, it's just, it's just so much to absorb it. If I was eating, you know, no calories and hardly, and that was my only source of food, then I probably wouldn't have much more of an issue. Mm -hmm. This person was uh, talking about using keto as uh, health benefits or for health benefits and for weight loss uh, and they were kind of asking a lot of people are doing it for weight loss should I just focus on the weight loss or should I focus on the health aspect or will I if I'm working on my health will the weight loss come as a byproduct yeah 100% like the priority and the emphasis should not be on the scale and weight loss as a standalone like improve your health and if your body's functioning and performing at a better rate then you'll lose any excess fat if done correctly and that should definitely be the focus. I mean, who cares what the scale says? Like, focus on what your composition is and focus on what your overall health is, mm -hmm. and the scale will kind of take care of itself. Uh, this person was asking about their son. He's 18 years old. He has been doing keto and lost over 70 pounds this last year. Uh, he is now wanting to build muscle but believes that you have to incorporate carbs um, in order to build muscle, and they're asking if it was true. Any advice on how he should get started with incorporating exercise and weight training, um, possibly without using carbs, because I know that's where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you definitely don't have to have carbs. You don't have to spike your insulin in order to elicit a muscle protein synthesis effect and build muscle tissue. I mean, you're going to be stressing your body. If you're training hard, you're going to be stressing your body, stimulating your muscles. You're going to cause protein synthesis. As long as you're eating enough calories from quality sources, you're going to be able to fuel the body to build the tissue. Uh, so it's not necessary to eat the carbohydrates and have that insulin response. You just you just don't need it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been keto for four years, and I guarantee I've built muscle in that time. Yeah, uh, so have I. I didn't even start lifting except for three months before I started keto, and I've been keto ever since. Yeah, you're a really good illustration of, mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much building all of your muscle. Yeah, especially as a female because it's harder. I feel like it, it tends to be harder for it to be noticeable on females. Yeah. Uh, so this is a good one. Uh, why are people still talking about calories? If you start with the number of protein grams you should uh, take in, and then you just add fat to double the those grams, pretty much just talking about uh, you know why people are are talking about calories rather than just like hormones. And um, if you're taking your uh, daily allotted protein and then just adding fat on top of it, why you can't just do that? Yeah. So. The whole, you know, debate of do calories matter is is a big debate, obviously, in the mm -hmm. in the fitness and nutrition realm. And calories definitely matter. Like to think that calories don't matter would be it's just ignorant. I mean, yes. everything matters. That's the thing. Like mm -hmm. everything has a place. Everything 
is a variable that adds to the whole and you know your composition your health is a sum of all those parts um, so calories absolutely matter the macronutrients you're putting into your body matter your hormones matter your environmental stressors matter mm -hmm. everything matters uh, to, to deal in absolutes and have standalones is just that's not how the body works that's not biology mm -hmm. um, so you know focus on calories like you can't be just in an incredible surplus you can't be in an incredible deficit but you know also put emphasis on where those calories are coming from right how do you feel about uh, metabolic flexibility? It makes total sense to me, but you seem to be more carnivore-based. Yeah, so metabolic flexibility, a lot of people wonder, you know, they, they want to be able to function great with carbs or with ketones and fats. And I understand, you know, the desire to be flexible in that regard, but, like, I know that I perform better and I'm more optimized when I'm running on ketones, like, period. There's no question about it. And you know, there's no need for us, like we live in a day and age where we're not going to be likely trapped on an island in which the only thing we could eat is, you know, papayas. Um, so unless like a zombie apocalypse comes in and they take all our bacon, you know, we don't yeah. need to focus on having to use carbs as a fuel source. Like you have the option, like you can choose to eat keto or you can choose to eat carbs. Mm -hmm. And I choose to eat keto. Awesome. Uh, this person was actually asking about business, and I love this question. So you have so many businesses, uh, you know, Keto Brick, Keto Savage, you have uh, Deeper State Keto. They're asking, uh, are you going to be putting them under one Savage umbrella or keeping them separate? All right, good question. Uh, kind of get into the details here. I like that. So Keto Brick and Keto Savage, and when we have, like, the apparel and, like, the gym and all that stuff, those will all be... DBAs, doing business as, aka fictitious names, which are all underneath the umbrella, Savage Sports LLC. Mm -hmm. um, Deeper State Keto is a LLC partnership with Keto Connect and I, and that's kind of like its own standalone thing because they've got their own business, I've got my own business, and that's like standalone. But all the stuff that I do under my brand, um, or like the, the Keto Savage Empire, so to speak, is going to be under the umbrella of Savage Sports LLC, and they're all going to be their own DBAs with their own bank accounts and their own details. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I don't see you eating any vegetables or fiber. How do you keep things moving? Do you get fiber from other food or supplements, or how often? Uh, thanks. I love you, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so we actually just published a YouTube video on yeah. that, and it's a great question. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not a huge debate, like the whole carnivore versus, you know, needing all your greens. Um, I have kind of like a stance, I know Crystal does too, of just whatever's best for you is best for you. You know, do what works mm -hmm. for you. Um, I'm not going to get on my high horse and my pedestal and say, like, you got to eat this way, you got to eat that way. Um, I'll keep it pretty, pretty carnivore-based, uh, focusing on the meats, and then I'll just randomly crave a huge salad and then I'll go eat a huge salad without feeling guilt or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the body kind of tells you what it needs with regard to that. And if you're craving veggies, then eat some veggies. Mm -hmm. um, I'll minimize that because, you know, I do count total carbs. and I don't want a whole bunch of total carbs coming from veggies if I'm in like a contest prep. Um, but I do eat greens from time to time. And there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, controversy as to what does the gut microbiome actually need. Um, you know, soluble versus insoluble or a combination of the two. Um, I don't know. There's, I'm still kind of up in the air on some of that stuff. But I, I oftentimes crave a big salad. I'll eat a big salad and I'll 
feel fine after doing so. As far as going to the bathroom and being regular when I'm not eating greens, yeah, that's not been an issue. I've, I've found that your body will adapt to either way or the other. I don't necessarily recommend being in a you know constant state of carnivore just simply because I think you know there are some benefits to the greens, the micronutrients, which I know you get a ton of micronutrients from red meat too. Mm-hmm. Like I know, don't throw that out there at me. <laughs> um, but I like to give myself some diversity just to kind of cover my bases and hedge my bets, so to speak. Cool. Do you think someone can stay with eating the keto way for life, yes. knowing there is a lack of carbs in someone's diet? Yeah, 100%. I've been keto for four strict years, no carb meals in that time, and no intentions or desires to go back to eating a carb-based diet. Yep. What kind of pre-workouts uh, work best to stay in ketos? Ketosis. <laughs> and ketosis. Um, so there's a couple out there. A lot of the pre-workouts have artificial sweeteners that aren't ideal mm-hmm. for keto. Uh, Sanctus Nutrition makes one that has like a ginger base. Like it's it's made with ginger as the, mm-hmm. as the flavoring, um, which is very strange. It kind of hits you oddly when you first taste it, but I actually kind of like it. Um, and it's got not a whole lot of caffeine as well because I'm trying to minimize my total caffeine intake. Um, so Sanctus Nutrition is probably my favorite, Good. I would say. Mm-hmm. I always just go for a straight-up caffeine pill because... Yeah, that's the that's a good option, too. Or like a Zip yeah. Fizz or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'd be good. What has given you the best results so far? And I'm not sure whether they're talking about uh, diet or workouts or what. Um... Best results for diet would be keto, <laughs> and best results for training would be lifting hard, lifting heavy, and being consistent. Good. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. During the DSK offboarding, when your refeed and programmed macros meet in the middle, what is the tipping point to know what your maintenance macros are and when to stop reverse dieting? Good question. So when you're reverse dieting and you're doing the, the ketogenic refeeds and you're increasing the ketogenic uh, the, the weekly caloric intake and you're decreasing the refeed intake, they're going to meet in the middle at some point. And at that point, you could pretty much phase out the refeeds. And then if you still have some room to go, then you'll just increase, continue to increase your weekly macros until you notice any adverse effects, any unnecessary fat gain um, or drop in performance. And then that would be an indicator that you've reached your body's new maintenance caloric intake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this question now because I know it's coming later on. So when someone is done doing the uh, offboarding section or uh, increasing their calories and they have quite a bit to lose still, how long should they wait between, you know, one cut to the next? And then also what should they be doing with their calories in that time? So a good general rule of thumb is to, to double it at least. So like if you're in a cut or if you're in a caloric deficit for three months per se, then you can double that and be like in a maintenance or in a surplus for six months. And that's just kind of an easy way to ensure that you, you're you not chronically depleted and going to damage your metabolism and hormones. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend going through that, that surplus or maintenance phase for sure mm-hmm. and making sure you're in that for enough time. And what, what would you say to someone who just wants to lose the weight and they're frustrated because they're in that, that sticky spot where they have to have a maintenance calorie to protect their metabolism, but they want to lose more. You got to focus on your overall health. Like you have mm-hmm. to look at it from a big picture and a long game approach. So if you're, you know, 
calorically depleted, you've been there for a long time, and you're just screwing over your metabolism and your hormones, your body's going to fight against you, and it's not going to respond. And you might lose some weight temporarily, but it's not worth the cost of what you're doing to yourself internally. So have that long game approach. Recognize the fact that if you give yourself six months to be at a more sustainable intake, then your body's going to be even more responsive when you do take away the calories again and you work work on you know losing that body fat. So having that long game approach is key. I only asked those questions back to back because I knew that they were coming later. Uh, so here's another one. Uh, what do you think about keto and cardio? Some people have said I need to need more carbs for energy, but I'm assuming that's what the fat is in my in my keto diet. Um, and would you recommend them taking like ZipFizz for a pre workout, etc.? Uh, so this kind of just hinges on what degree of adaptation you're in. Like if you're, you know, noticing an energy dip, then you're probably not deeply adapted into ketosis. Or, I mean, you could have just an off day. Like there's days that I have an off day and I've been, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. keto for four years. So, you know, recognize that, you know, make sure that you've got enough fat and you got a, a high enough fat ratio to be, you know, fueling yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so playing with your macros is key, but you don't need to have carbs for the cardio. I mean, the whole low intensity steady state versus high intensity interval training i mean you can function fine with both you know types of training and cardio with with keto's keto specifically and someone actually responded back to that and said i am a spin instructor and i have been keto for two years no issues i also cycle uh 100 kilometers without or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I really got Kilometers, it. <laughs> kilometers, potato, potato. <laughs> oh, man. Um, without any issues, so that's really great to know. Uh, how long did you did it take once you started podcasting, YouTube, et cetera, uh, to start making a living without quitting uh, and being able to quit your day job? All right, this is a good question. I launched Keto Savage with my ebook and my business and my website and everything on July 1st, of 2016 we did not make any money until the last quarter of last year which was 2017 so we didn't start making any notable money until october of 2017 so what is that a year full year and a couple months yeah Mm -hmm. and and that's just reality like i was broke i was working four jobs minimum wage jobs while starting Keto Savage, so basically five jobs, you know, I did not sleep. We had no relationship at ever, yeah. I mean, at all. I mean, we didn't go out and party. We didn't do anything. Nope. We didn't go on dates. We didn't spend money. And I just freaking hustled and hustled and hustled. And I posted something every single day. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I'd watch three hours of YouTube videos to learn how to edit a YouTube video, which then took me another three hours, and I'd publish that, and three people would watch it. You know, like it was just brutal. But... It gave me the foundation. It gave me the perspective that I have now, and I wouldn't do it any other way. That's good. It's cool that people ask those questions because it's crazy to just think back. Like, that was not long ago. Yeah. And how amazing it is, like, how far we've come. And But a lot of people don't even know. I had a day job during my prep, too. Like, I was yeah. coaching at a day job. I Like, I was kicking butt. And a lot of people are like, oh, you didn't, you know, you had all the time in the world because you didn't have a real job. And matter of fact, I did. You know, matter of fact, we've both worked multiple jobs at the same time to be, in order to make this all work. So 100%. Um, how did you guys meet? Uh, so when I moved up to Washington, when I was working for the railroad, 
I bought a house that was two streets down from a coffee shop, Jacob's Java, which is where she worked as a barista. And I already liked coffee, but <laughs> I started liking coffee a lot more when I saw this cute barista in there making my Java. Um, when doing a bulk and eating at a surplus, but not working out for like six days, should I keep eating a surplus of calories even in the days I'm not working out? Yeah, you could probably decrease them slightly, but I mean, consider it like a deload week. Like your body would probably benefit from having mm-hmm. that surplus with a little bit less energy expenditure, just kind of reset things and give you a little bit of a bump. So yeah, I wouldn't change it too much. This is a fun one. Uh, which niche or niche, however you want to pronounce that, uh, do you feel in the keto community is missing? Uh, or at least which direction is it going to be going next, um, with the exception of carnivore? Yeah, so I think the keto for kids space yeah. has got a lot of potential because, you know, the adults are just starting to get things figured out. So to kind of implement it with their children and their family is going to be a big niche, I think. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably the, the one, one I would pick. What are your favorite, some of your favorite keto hacks? Keto hacks. Um, we don't eat a whole lot of like fun foods. Yeah. We, we just kind of like stick to our basics. The keto so. brick is our keto yeah. hack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we keep yeah. it pretty simple, honestly. I mean, like yeah. there's not a whole lot of hacking that we do. Like once mm-hmm. there's like degrees of kind of when you're getting adapted, like what do you gravitate towards food wise? And like when you first start keto, you have all the like the, the keto desserts, like the keto friendly yeah. cheesecake, the keto friendly pizza. Like you're trying to get all these carb based meals, turn them into keto so that you don't feel like you're missing out. Mm-hmm. And then once you've been keto for a while, it's like I just keep it simple. I want to just focus on food as fuel and then just get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Or at least that how it is how it is for us. Um, so, yeah, we, we pretty much just keep it keep it simple. Yep. What are your thoughts on Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Diet? It's basically following keto, but adding good carbs once a week, yay or nay? So I don't know his diet specifically. Like, I haven't looked into what his diet is with regard to all the intricacies. But if it's basically adding carbs once a week, it's kind of like a cyclical keto, in which case I am not a fan. I do not recommend or advocate, you know, having a carb day. I think it just does more harm than good. You kind of, like, stay in purgatory almost. Mm Mm-hmm. How long will the keto brick last out of the fridge? What makes it shelf-stable? Uh, shelf-stable. What makes them, yeah, shelf-stable, sorry. It's shelf-stable because when they when they harden, it basically just pushes all the moisture outside of the brick, so it's very dense. It's incredibly dense, and there's not really any moisture inside of it. So, like, there's nothing there that's going to cause salmonella because that's basically what causes food to spoil. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it's so dense is the main reason. And then all the ingredients that are it's comprised of have like a two-year shelf life. And that's like companies are required to put a shelf t- term on their product. So m- a lot of those products could last longer than two years. Two years is just kind of like the longest you see. Um, so I would be confident eating a keto brick after years um, as long as it's been like a stable environment. Like I don't want to you know, have it sitting on my dash in the middle of the sun in Florida mm-hmm. for two years and then eat it. Yeah, um, I never, I, w- I would never even put mine in the mic or in the in the fridge because there's yeah. just no reason for it to be in the fridge. And if you go to eat it, it's going to be extremely hard in the yeah. fridge. Yeah, it's like a really a brick. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> so uh, I would just keep mine at, you know, on 
the counter or, in, you know, but I think the biggest thing is to keep it in that black sealed bag and just, you know, make sure you close it. If you take a little nibble, close it and, you know, put it back on the shelf. Yeah. But, yeah. So uh, what inspired you to start working out? It's a good one. Uh, so my uncle growing up was kind of like a football player and a runner and he was like just the the bigger more outgoing more athletic kind of center of attention of the family and i wanted to emulate that as opposed to just being like shy because i felt plus he had his own business he i I liked his personality and i wanted to emulate that so i got him to teach me a little bit about working out how to get bigger and he didn't really have a clue what he was doing honestly (laughs) (laughs) but but he started me and then I started going to like the YouTube rabbit hole, started watching YouTube videos of bodybuilders, and it's like, oh, I'm hooked. You know, I'm gonna be mm-hmm. one of them someday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just kind of grew and manifested from that. Uh, that's good. Uh, do you have any clients over the age of 50? If so, what differences do you notice in older and younger people doing the keto diet? I do have several clients over 50. Um, the main thing with with clients over 50 is that. It just takes a little bit longer for things to happen, you know. Um, their bodies, generally speaking, not as responsive as someone that's, you know, in their 20s or 30s. Like the the stimulus that you subject the body to is going to have like a little bit more of a lag effect and a delayed response. So just being patient um, with them and then teaching them to be patient with the results is, is the main thing. I have one thing to say about my older clients is they're always on top of their game. I don't know if that's the same way with you or not, but mine are always on top of their game. It's like they've lived so much life that they're not there to play games. They're not, you know, a lot of my younger crowd of of clients will say, oh, I had to go out with my friends and I did this and I did that. But the people who are older are either really in it for their health really in it for uh you know weight loss or for their fitness and i feel like they're more like go get them yeah. like type of people so that's that's the one thing i have to say about about that is no that's a good point that's a good point uh, uh another person asked what uh, how did you get into doing keto and why Uh, So I got into doing keto after my third competition when I had all the eating disorders and just like the crazy bulking and cutting cycle, which I was not a fan of. Um, So I started doing John Kiefer's carbohydrate backloading protocol, which is basically, you know, keto throughout the day and then a whole bunch of really high glycemic index carbs like donuts and brownies and ice cream at night. And it kind of minimizes your fat gain, um, adipose tissue. So I'm like, well... Let's just do this and then see how I feel. And I felt great, but, you know, sitting there eating like a freaking whole box and batch of brownies covered in syrup and peanut butter one day. And I'm like, you know, I'm not gaining a whole lot of fat in doing this, but this probably isn't the best thing for my health. So I'm just going to stop the carb load and see what happens. And I basically did carbohydrate backloading without the carbs. And lo and behold, that is keto. Didn't know what it was at the time. Um, but then realized how much better I felt and then just started researching what is it that I'm actually doing and kind of stumbled upon the keto diet and and went down that rabbit hole. Cool. You have an amazing food brand, the Keto Brick. Can you tell me some steps to marketing a food product, selling it, uh, do's and don'ts, procedures, etc.? Yeah, so 
a lot I, the, everything that I've learned from building keto savage as a brand I've tried to apply to building keto brick as a brand and the main overarching theme there is just freaking hustle 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 grind 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 give 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 and ask very little and add more value than you take so a lot of food companies will try and go to a you know a wholesaler or to an out outsource it go to a co-packer and when you do that you just have so much more disconnect between them the audience and everybody involved with keto brick i've just been completely transparent you know like i'll do the youtube vlogs and show crystal and i in the kitchen with hair nets and rubber gloves mm-hmm. you know mixing this stuff and pouring this stuff and it you know it pulls the veil back on where your food actually comes from and it makes it very real and i think people seeing the reality of things builds that brand loyalty and you know inspires them to support us and that's why we have so much success with the keto brick i believe mm-hmm. and also I, I would say as far as like the production and figuring out how to market who you can sell to uh you know the rules behind that do not be afraid to set up appointments with the health department. Like that was the number one best thing I could have ever done was I set up an appointment with the health department. I I had a good long conversation with him, went over all of the paperwork bit by bit and I probably annoyed the heck out of those guys, but it worked and it, it made me feel like I truly could understand the whole process, what I needed to go through and it made it so much easier. So if you're looking into doing that or something similar, just, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help because people are there to help you. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, when can I get a Keto Brick shirt? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll roll out the Keto Brick shirts when we roll out the apparel line for sure. Yeah. Uh, would you ever do Keto Carnivore? And what are your thoughts about that? We've kind of touched a little bit on that. but Yeah, one thing I noticed with Keto Carnivore is that a lot of people, at least in my opinion and what I've seen, is they'll do carnivore and they'll do like a very, very high protein carnivore. So much so to the point that they're going to minimize their ketone production. They're going to increase their, you know, blood serum uh, glucose levels. And uh, it's just it's just not optimal. Like I've done that. I've experimented with it. I've, I've tried the whole one-to-one ratio of protein and fat. And it just, not, it just doesn't work for me. Not to say that it might not work for other people, but it doesn't work for me. So if you do keto carnivore, I recommend people starting with the higher fat ratio mm-hmm. and, and just you know, sticking to the the carnivore-based foods, but adding that fat. Okay. As an adult, having a business, do you find it hard to keep friends? Yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) It's kind of crazy, y'all. Before I started the brand, I had like a group of like three to five really, really close friends. And I still have those friends. I still keep in touch with those friends. But it's just much, much harder to relate and connect with them because the struggles that I go through on a day-to-day basis as an entrepreneur, they cannot even relate with. And we all have our own struggles. We all have our own, you know, challenges in life. But, like, I don't do this whole, you know, clock out at five, turn everything off, and move on to the next thing in my life. Like, it's always running. Like, I've got World War Three going on in my head at all times. <laughs> and... For people that don't have a clue what that sensation is like, it's just much, much harder to relate and connect with because, I mean, your priorities are different, your focus is different, your life view is different, your perspective is different. It's just harder to relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'd say the same for myself. Yeah. 
what what motivates you and what is your drive? And I've had other people say, other than us, other than the followers, other than the people who are watching or listening, what is your motivation besides them? Well, y'all are definitely motivation, so let me just <laughs> get that one out for sure. I mean, we're successful because of you. Yep. Um, apart from that, I want to leave a legacy. I want to know... I want to have no regrets. I want to be able to die knowing that I wouldn't have done anything any differently. And I want to work really freaking hard. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't handed anything in life. I didn't have anything handed to me on a silver platter. I wasn't born into wealth. I wasn't born into fame. I'm totally bootstrapping it from the ground up. And I want to showcase and illustrate that anything is possible. If you believe in yourself and you put in the work and you're convicted by the passion that you have for a given thing. No matter what that thing is, if you pour yourself into it with everything you have, you can make that thing a success. So that's the big message and thing that I want to prove to myself and to others. Good. You say focus on weight loss or muscle building, but don't try to do both. So should I not go to the gym and not lift any weights while trying to lose weight? Um, diet and cardio only question mark <laughs> I only laugh because I feel like Robert twitched as soon as I said that <laughs> yeah um yeah <laughs> <laughs> you definitely want to keep lifting you definitely want to you know you can definitely increase your cardio slowly um but also yeah, do th- it don't, all. don't ever not train mm-hmm. yeah don't ever not train I mean Hardcore is hardcore, okay? Like, you can see success uh, when you put in the work. I mean, especially butting off the question, the previous question, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, don't not train because you're afraid of building muscle. I mean, just push your body to the limit, and your body's going to respond. Like, you you input other variables, like, you know, a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit based off of what your goal is, but don't not try and better yourself and not train and take yourself to the next level, Simply because building muscle isn't your primary focus. Mm -hmm. Question for Crystal. Any recommendations for women wanting to start lifting weights? I don't know where or how to start. Excuse me. Um, Anywhere. I started, I actually hired a trainer and they did not train me personally in person. They made a workout plan for me and I went to the gym and I would do it and then I would follow up with them, you know, at a, a one or two week period of time. And I really enjoyed that. It allowed me to get in the gym and get myself motivated, not just uh, necessarily meeting someone there. And a lot of times those plans are a lot cheaper than meeting someone in person. Um, And then also, if I didn't know what the workout was that she had prescribed for me, I would look it up and I would use YouTube. I would follow someone and make sure that I knew what I was doing and doing it properly. And if you don't know how to do it properly or the form, you can ask. um, There is a trainer in every single gym. So ask a trainer if you're doing your form correctly. They will tell you without charging you. Um, And yeah, just get in there and do it. Don't be afraid of not knowing how. Just look it up and then get in there. Just do it. Uh, Find a gym partner if that's going to make you feel more confident. Yeah, I don't have the whole paralysis analysis. Just jump mm-hmm. in and make it happen. Yep. Um, uh, you were talking about uh, B, uh, the ketone BHBs reducing inflammation. How does this work? Um, also, uh, does it re- also, I'm sorry, 
reduce inflammation in general or is it localized? Um, I have Hashimoto's and anti-inflammatory diets work, but I'm wondering if exogenous ketones or BHB salts could help even more. Yeah, so basically like when you do keto, you know, a lot of people talk about the anti-inflammatory effects and like their joints will stop hurting, their, their like their knees. Like that's the one thing I noticed, like my knees after doing heavy squats with carbs, the next several days my knees would just hurt, you know, whereas now I could do squats the day after doing squats. Um, and that's because the anti-inflammatory effect of ketones and just how that whole process works internally and having the BHB salts and the exogenous ketones just kind of amplifies that. Um, and there's kind of a debate with regard to, you know, the exogenous ketones to take them or not to take them. I don't take them when I'm in a caloric deficit. I'm trying to mm-hmm. lose body fat, but I'll take them in an off season when I'm trying to just maximize my anti-inflammatory effects so I can get in the gym sooner, train harder. Um, and more frequently, so I'll do it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Are there any plans for a meetup to personally connect with your followers or past present clients? Yeah, I would love to do meetups. We have a, a lot of plans for that, actually. Yeah. We just don't know when the time frame is going to happen. Um, that's honestly one of the reasons we got the van. We want to make mm-hmm. the van like a mobile office so we can just go anywhere, meet people face-to-face, connect with the people that support us. Mm-hmm. Um We'd like to get this location, the Keto Savage Compound, set up so that people could come here and train with us, work with us, interact with us. So we definitely want to, you know, be as face-to-face as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also was just talking to uh, a woman, oh gosh, yesterday, I guess, and we were talking about local meetup too, so that could be really cool. Yeah. Um, they already did one, but unfortunately we missed it. Uh, are you... What are your thoughts on and what benefits does doing my workout while, oh, fasting workouts? So I like to do fasting workouts. And there's lots of different things that go on behind the scenes. But one of the big things that happens when you're fasting in a workout, when you eat, you know, a lot of your blood rushes to your digestive tract to absorb and digest that food. When you're fasting and you train, that's not going to happen. So you're going to have a heightened sense of awareness because you've got more blood running through your body, more blood in your brain, and not in your stomach and digestive tract. And the same thing from like a performance standpoint, like when you're, you know, doing bicep curls, for instance, and you've got a good pump in your arms, you're going to have more blood flow in your arms Mm -hmm. to deliver the nutrients into the muscle than if you eat a whole bunch of food and all that blood is in your digestive tract. So for that reason, I like to do, you know, a fasted approach. Now you want to make sure you've got food and nutrients in that blood going through your muscles. So you got to eat food, you know, in a close enough proximity to be able to maximize that. But I don't recommend, you know, eating and then going straight to the gym. Like I like to have plenty of time, a good little fasting window there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you recommend total or net carbs? Total, for sure. And do you count vegetables towards your macros? I do indeed. Those were simple questions. When you say don't try and lose, oh, I think, uh, yeah, we've already kind of definitely gone over that multiple times. Crystal, uh, how has your relationship with yourself grown? Oh my gosh, you guys, so much. I actually have a respect for myself and uh, actually I have like a love for myself and I think it's just happened over a period of time. I've gotten a lot more confident, way more confident. When Robert and I first met, I was probably, oh, I was so... Yeah, it was really strange, honestly, to be around you because you were just 
totally lacking. I had to tell you several times, you know, what do you want to do? You have some comments. What, like, make a decision. Yeah, I didn't know how to make decisions for myself. I, I did. Uh, I just was very... You were so giving that it almost cost you a time. Yes, that's exactly it. I, I always cared about the other person's feelings more than mine. Um, but then I was really insecure about other women and uh, really comparing myself. I was so bad at that. Um, so I've grown a lot just realizing what my goals are. The fact that I can reach my goals and that is not even a question um, is huge. Like you just pick what you want. Don't look at anybody else. Pick what you want. Go for it and just make it happen. And if you don't make it happen, then it's only your fault. So I think by just doing that and choosing what I wanted to do and going after it with all that I have has really helped me to grow. But I've grown so much in the last few years. It's insane. Crazy to me. Proud of you, babe. Oh, thanks. There was talk about putting out the brick formula in liquid uh, for us to buy. I only asked because they're in the south and it you know can melt. Um, are we still planning on doing that? So I would totally do that. The only obstacle I ran into there mm-hmm. was that the a lot of people don't like the idea of having the food stored in a plastic container because of all of the estrogenic effects of plastic. Um, so we've kind of tapped the brakes there. If we could find a good plastic bag supplier or some kind of alternative there that would be good, um, I'd be all for it. I'm really curious to this answer. People said, in your downtime, if you have any, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies other than exercise, uh, keto, and competing? With you or as a standalone? Uh, I think just in general, us, both of us, singly, either way. Well, I'd like to spend time with you. I'd like to read. Like, I love to read, but I don't really get to read, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I'm driving. Um, Before I got into keto and building a business and, you know, entrepreneurship, yada, 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 I was big into and still am big into the outdoors, you know, camping, hiking, backpacking, hunting, fishing. Um, I love connecting in the outdoors that's just where I feel at peace and I've definitely had to put that on the back burner lately and it saddens me but I would love to get to a place with business where I could put more time towards you know hunting and just being out in nature again mm-hmm. I like that answer that was pretty good better than I had thought I was like what does he do <laughs> <laughs> I don't really do that yeah. it's pretty much just work in my downtime I actually I will call a family member my grandma my aunt my sister my parents I will call one of them because I don't don't generally make a whole lot of time for that so um in my downtime if I'm driving or whatever I will actually choose a, a store to just like wander around whether it be Target Walmart TJ Maxx, wherever it is, I will do that, and I will call a family member, and that's kind of my downtime. Okay, so this question is, why did I pay taxes on one round of buying the keto brick and not the other round of buying the keto brick? Because Texas is where they're from, um, does not charge food taxes. Yeah, that's really weird. I've only had that happen like twice now, and I honestly don't have a clue because I've got everything set up on my end for the taxes to be included in yeah. the cost of the bricks, so there should not be any added taxes. The only thing I think of is that your county or like some localized specific government entity requires something. So like if you're purchasing something online 
and you put in your address and it's in one of those localized communities, then there's like an additional tax. But that's just weird. I honestly don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, it is really weird. Uh, what is the purpose of a fat fast uh, when weight loss and fat... Oh, that's a different question. Uh, fat so fast. fat fast is basically just fasting minus, you know, you're able to consume pure fat sources. And the main point there is that fats are not really going to affect your insulin or glucose levels near as much as like a protein or carbohydrate would. So you can, in theory, you know, do a fat fast and, and get a lot of the benefits of fasting without having to just not eat. Now, there's no free lunch. So like if you do incorporate a fat fast and you're taking in fat calories, like you're going to sacrifice some of the benefits you would from a pure fast. But the main reason I fast is to stabilize blood glucose and insulin. So it kind of works for me there. Mm-hmm. And then the other question was, uh, when weight loss and fat loss stalls, what are some tricks and tactics you use to jumpstart the process? Uh, introduce another stimulus, like do something to mix it up and change to force a change in your body. Like if mm-hmm. you're not changing anything, why, your body has no reason to change. So, you know, increase exercise, decrease exercise even, have a caloric surplus, have a caloric deficit, you know, change things. Adding in an additional stimulus will be the catapulting factor that allows your body to to adapt to that stimulus and force change. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like he said, increase exercise. Go on a walk every single night or, you know, just manipulate your macros a tiny bit, whatever, you know, whatever is going to work for you. But, um, yeah, just change something up. Uh, how low, I think we've kind of answered this. Um, we've got about 10 minutes until the call. Okay, we can, we can do this. We got it. Mm-hmm. What do you, uh, are you planning to add any powders to the keto brick, like Sumarut? Sumarut? I do want to have a, um, like, cognitive enhancement brick with, like, chaga mushroom and lion's mane and stuff like that. So I do want to have that's introduced at some point so that'll happen eventually you gotta look out what is the one thing that has helped you most in your life crystal oh (laughs) um was that a good answer can i use that sure what do i do for you tell me (laughs) you give give me some camaraderie like i've always been like a lone wolf and I've got everybody and, and everybody, like all the audience is huge, but like as far as my inner circle, somebody that understands me and that actually sees what I go through on a day-to-day basis and supports me when I'm down and is there for me when I need him. Like I, I've never had that until I've had you. So that would be it. Now who's crying? <laughs> <laughs> that was really sweet. Thanks. Uh, drinking seltzer water, yay or nay? Uh, I think it's, I mean, that's just carbonated water, right? Seltzer water? Yeah, there is a, what is that kind that actually does have carbs in it? Just look at the back. Tonic, tonic, tonic water. Tonic water, yeah. don't yeah. drink that. It's got sugar in it. Make sure you're only getting, like, the actual, like, seltzer water. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. I use it a lot. I'm currently drinking one right now, and it helps me to stay full um, throughout the day without having to eat something. Um <laughs> I like this one. I just had to throw it in there. Um, how can I be badass like you both? Christos. Um, well, Christos, you're already badass. But for anybody else that is less badass than Christos, um, just freaking believe in yourself and have confidence. Like, Christos and I are nothing special. Nope. Like we like I said earlier, we're not born into any kind of wealth or fame or, you know, 
superpowers. Like mm-hmm. we just believe in ourselves and enough to know what our goal is, know what it is we want to accomplish with the life that we have before us. Realize that, you know, life is finite. Like you're not going to live forever. So make the most of that time. Put your everything into the task ahead of you and, and make it happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to answer this one. It, it It is a question to me, but it's asking how a woman is is to not get down when they've been, you know, decreasing their calories um, and they're not getting any results. And uh, I know in, in one of the uh, podcasts that we've done and in a lot of my personal videos, um, I have mentioned that in the first nine weeks of my prep, I did not see the scale move down at all. I think it's very important to take pictures and take measurements. And if you're still not seeing results, know what your goals are. Um, you have to take a look at your calorie, uh, like your calorie level. Are you high enough to where you're not specifically burning um, enough to where your body's reacting? And, and it also takes your body a little bit of time. After you do something, it takes your body a little bit of time to react to that. So just be patient. And that is the biggest thing is people are not patient. People want answers now. People want to lose weight in one to two months. And it did not take you just one to two months to put that weight on. It took a lot longer. So um, don't expect it to fall off um, immediately. And just, yeah, like Robert always says, it's long game approach. Like do not be upset about it. Um, And it is really frustrating. I had to go through that myself. But it's worth it in the long run. If you give up now, you're never going to get to those goals. So just stick with it. You totally got it. Just boom. Hundred percent, hundred percent, babe. Um, now, uh, tips on making uh, macro counting easier and more routine. Um, find a macro calculator that you like to use with a good interface. I use my macros plus. There are a whole bunch of them out there, but find one that you're in likely going to use um, is, is good. And then. Just making it part of the day. I mean, you can build a habit with anything. You know, brushing your teeth is a habit, I hope. Um, (laughs) So, so, you know, making a habit of anything is is key. And kind of planning and calculating your macros proactively instead of going out to eat and then eating reactively and then trying to guess what your macros were after you've already consumed it. That's kind of like a recipe for disaster. My favorite hack for that is to actually pick out what you're going to eat that day, whether you're craving it in that moment or not. Pick it out, put it in your macros, and that's what you eat that day. Boom. Done. Don't have to think twice about it. Yeah. Prepping is key. Yeah. So how are we doing? We doing okay on time? Yeah. I've got a client call at two. I'm blind. Seven minutes from now. All right. Uh, Just a couple more questions. We're just going to sort of wrap this up a little bit. Um, How do you deal with water retention? So your body's going to hold water for a variety of reasons. The most common one being an imbalance in the equilibrium between water, sodium, and potassium. So making sure you're getting in enough electrolytes and are hydrating enough is gonna be key. Uh, you could also have some inflammation and water retention from you know stressors in your life like traveling or just stress in general. Uh, so trying to you know be in a zen state with proper electrolytes and water consumption is gonna be the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else was asking uh, what you are doing with your workouts, if you're changing that up, what kind of protocol you're following, um, or if you just kind of main, been maintaining the same thing and you work on continuing that for a little while. So I, I do like a like a typical split in the sense that each day or each body part gets its own designated day. And I like doing that because I could just really focus on that and not be distracted and just really hit that muscle hard. 
um, and then I'll do like a progressive overload principle in which I'm trying to continually add more reps, add more resistance, add more weight, add more time under tension, uh, add more drop sets, where I'm just adding something to increase the intensity and force the body to adapt and, and adjust to that increased intensity. So yeah, progressive overload. This one is a super popular question, so I want to make sure I get to it. Supplements. Um, do you take any, uh, and what do you recommend? Do you, do you like that? Do you not like that? Uh, so I don't take too many supplements. I mean, making sure you've got good quality food is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, making sure your electrolytes are in check is the other main thing. And then, you know, like a, a good creatine, vitamin D, and that's pretty much it, really. Yeah. I don't know, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. And that goes for, um, like, any keto products as well. There, yeah. A lot of people were asking about, like, any of these keto products that will help you. We really don't take any. We just stick to our basics and make sure that we're, we're maintaining a healthy, you know, lifestyle and, you know, eating, our, eating the food, eating our nutrients. Yep. <clears throat> um, well, let's see what else. Uh, post Pre and post workout meals. Um, what is your meal timing? That kind of thing. Yes, yeah, so that doesn't really matter too much with the keto either, because I mean your your food's digesting much more slowly because the fats digest and break down so much more slowly than carbs. So like meal timing doesn't become near as an issue. Um, so honestly, I eat when it's convenient to eat. Kind of going back to what I said earlier, though, I don't want to eat immediately prior to training. Um, if it makes sense for me to eat immediately after training or two hours after training. I think that's totally fine. I don't particularly want to go, you know, days after training without eating. But if, as long as I get it within like a two-hour window or so um, or something, even if it's like a, a fatty coffee, I'm, I'm good. Um, well, I think we've pretty much hit all the questions for today. So, Well, perfect, perfect. Let us know if you like this kind of format, if you like Crystal jumping in here kind of as a co-host. Um, I like having you here, babe. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Good, good. I've enjoyed having you read questions. By the way, a huge shout out to Michael Jensen for the sign in the background. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you can't see it. But he made a <laughs> super cool sign super cool. Um, with LED lights and everything. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's always a pleasure to answer questions and kind of just mix up the normal formatting of the podcast slash vlog. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to do this again for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for the questions. Thank you very much, Crystal, for asking the questions. And uh, 100 podcast episodes in. That's pretty cool. That's so exciting. Thank you all for listening to 100 episodes. Um, We'll keep them coming. We'll keep them coming. All right. Take care.